Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Let's go over tonight to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to deal with this uh, subject, the fullness of faith. And a subtopic of three steps of faith. The fullness of faith. Three steps of faith. In Hebrews 11 and 13, it says, These all died in faith, the heroes of faith. When it says they died in faith, they died according to faith. Notice, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them, and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. So the three steps of faith that we see here are number one, seeing. Three steps of faith. Number one is seeing. Number two is embracing. And number three is receiving. Seeing, embracing. They saw the promises. They embrace the promises, and they receive the promises. So we see seeing, embracing, receiving. You cannot embrace what you cannot see. And you cannot see what you cannot embrace. When we preach the message of faith, we don't preach the message of faith and prosperity just so we can enter into materialism, but so we can believe God for the things that we need to help people. Amen. Buildings and lands. Prosperity in our life. Right? Health in our body. Things that we need so that we can help people. And some people, some believers are at the seeing stage. Uh, Some are at the embracing stage. And some are at the receiving stage. Amen. But notice what it says about the the people here in the Hall of Fame of Faith is that they had seen the promises. They had seen the promises. It said they did not receive the promises, but having seen them. Having seen them. Notice Hebrews 11, you're right there, and verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 7 says, By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now notice these verses do not say these things did not exist. It said they're not seen yet. It said, faith is the substance. The word substance means the conviction that something is true. So it says that faith, the conviction that something is true, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And what do we put on there? Yet. And here in verse 7, he said, Noah was warned of God of things not yet, not seen yet. But Noah acted on what God had told him. Amen. God did not create the earth out of things that did not exist. He created it out of things that were not seen. This is important because I've heard people say God created the world out of nothing. No, He didn't. God created the world out of faith. And faith is not nothing. Faith is substance. Amen. 
So there was everything that was needed to create this earth and this universe. It was there, it existed, but it existed in the realm of faith. Everything that you need as a believer, everything that you need to do what God's asked you to do, everything that you have need of exists right now, present tense. It just exists in the realm of faith. There's a very thin, there's a very thin barrier between the dimension that we live in and the faith dimension. It's just on the other side. Amen. But I've got to realize that. That the finances I need exist right now. Because they're just in the realm of faith. Amen. I've heard people say, well, faith is the chain that goes into the unseen realm and hooks onto the promise. Well, it is, but you've got to understand something. That whole area where those things are is that area of faith. That's why the Bible says that without faith you cannot please God. Because he that comes to God must believe that God is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Faith is the password. Faith is the pass key. When you enter over into faith, you enter into a dimension where everything that you need resides and exists. It just can't be seen in this natural realm. And that's why in faith, you've got to call things that be not as though they were. You've got to call the end from the beginning. Because faith is calling for things that cannot be seen, yet faith is calling for them because they exist. You don't call for something that doesn't exist, but you can call for something you can't see. But yet it exists. How do I know that? Because you remember Charles Capp sold that deep theological statement about calling the dog. Right? When you step out on your, on your back porch, you may not see the dog. But you go, come here, Rover. Come here, Rover. And people will say, well, I don't, I don't believe in calling things that be not as though they were. But they'll call the dog. They don't see the dog, but they call the dog. You remember him saying that? When you call things that be not as though they were, you're not calling something that doesn't exist. Your calling does not create something. It brings to you what's already created. What God has already prepared and made ready and waiting for you. It's already there. Everything you will ever need is already in existence because God knew what you were going to need because He planned your pathway before the world ever was. So it's all there. It's all in existence existence it's already we just got to access it oh glory to God do you see this faith by its definition is the substance of things not seen yet you may not have seen what you are believing God for yet but it already exists it's already there amen when we say, make statements like this, in, in the redemptive package, everything is paid for. Well, think about that for a moment. If everything's paid for, then I just got to go pick it up. Right? I have a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Scott Webb, and he told me a story one time uh, uh, along these lines. <clears throat> he had a guy came up to him and said, man, I sure like your suit. Where'd you get that suit? And he said, well, I actually have them made. And he said, I, it's actually at a suit store, a suit shop in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And he said, uh, uh, well, I really like that. He said, well, here's what I'll do. He said, they got my credit card on file. And he said, I will call and tell them that you're going to come in and I'm going to buy you two suits. And the guy said, wow, praise God. And he said, so I'll call them and tell, you, tell them to be expecting you. He said, okay. And he said, I waited a uh, couple weeks. And I called and I said, hey, did that guy ever come in? They said, no, never saw him. He said, so I waited six weeks and called and said, hey, did that guy come in? No, never have seen him. He said, he never did go pick up those suits. He said, another guy told me, he said, I saw another guy at a conference and he said the same thing. And he said, he's a very giving man. And he said, I told him, well, I want to buy you a couple suits. And he told him the same thing. He said, I called two days later and said, that guy ever come in? He said, oh, yeah, he came in the day you called. <laughs> right, right, me too. I'm on my way. Well, here's the thing. It, 
the guy did not have to pay anything. He said, I will pay for the suits. They'll be there. They'll be waiting for you. You just got to go get measured. And ever what they cost, I'm going to pay for it. I want to get you some ties and shirts and just the whole thing. But that man never did go down and get what already belonged to him. He's already there and waiting on him. Amen. The way we get what we cannot see yet into the realm where we can see it is by faith in God's promise. That's how I get what I can't yet see into the realm where I can see it. By faith in His promise. This is what God said. Right? I'm easily persuaded by the Word. This is what the Word said. So, ever what you see in the Word, then that becomes what you put your faith in. My faith in His promise. Notice why we call them the promises of God. Not the suggestions of God. The promises of God. Faith is that spiritual force that we use to contact God. Notice in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Three steps of faith. Why is this so important? Because the Lord said to us about 2021, He said it was going to be a year of light and magnificent victory. And then He made this statement. He said, in 2021... People are going to be hungry for the word like they haven't been in years. And he said, people are going to hunger for the word like a strong man hungers for food. I believe that. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, unto Mary, The Holy Ghost shall come on you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore... That holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Jesus was already in the spirit realm. And Mary's faith in the words she heard, caused him to be able to manifest in the natural realm. He was already there. And Mary, when she said, be it unto me, according to your word, Jesus couldn't even be born without faith. Mary had to believe this. She could, oh, I don't believe that. Well, God's not going to force someone to do something. So, amen. Her faith in what she heard caused him to be able to be manifest in the natural realm. We do the same thing every time we release our faith. We cause what's already in the spirit realm to be manifest in the natural realm. Every time I release my faith. When you are praying about something and you release your faith, mark it down. It's just a matter of time before it shows up. Why? Because faith doesn't fail. People say, well, I know this guy that had a faith failure. You need to get my series on on supposed faith failures. There's a reason it didn't happen, and it's not because faith failed. Amen. Faith used properly does not fail. Are you with me? We do the same thing every time we release our faith. When we see something in the Word and the Holy Spirit convinces you that what you're seeing is yours, that's faith. I see it in the Word and right here in your spirit, it's quickened. That belongs to you. That's faith. When you drive by a house, you drive by a building, you drive whatever you're believing God for, and you see that certain thing, and right here you know that's mine, that's faith. That's faith. Release your faith for it. Amen. 
You grab a hold of it and you embrace it and you release it out of your mouth. You grab it. You embrace it. You release it out of your mouth. That's mine in Jesus' name. I'm debt free. I'm out of debt. My needs are met in Jesus' name. I'm releasing that out of my mouth. I see it. I see that's your will. I'm grabbing it. I'm taking it. I'm releasing it. I'm healed in my body. My life is what God wants it to be. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Hebrews 11 and verse 13. It says again about they all died in faith. Notice down towards the middle of the verse and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They confessed that what God had said was what they would have. You've got to, not just in the face of, of, uh, of uh, circumstances that say something different. That's not the only time you confess that what God said is yours. You're, you're doing that all the time. What God said is what I'll have. Amen. Whatever it may be. What God says is what I'll have. And that's what you're confessing. Right? You're answering every situation. What, what does the word say? What God said, that's what I'll have. Yeah, but the doctor said, I understand. But what God said, that's what I'll have. Right? Well, the, the job said, well, I understand that. I understand what they're saying, but what God said is what I'll have. Amen. You're choosing what you're going to have. Amen. Is that right? Yes, you're choosing what you're going to have because, because even if you choose something negative, here's what you did. When you opened your mouth, you released faith for it. You released faith for it. Because you release your authority for it. Amen. When someone says, oh dear God, we're going broke. I don't know what we're going to do. They just released faith for going broke. Amen. Well, nobody has faith in going broke. They said it. They've got faith that they're, they've got faith that they're going broke. They have received it. They have embraced it. They have confessed it. Amen. Well, you know, pastor, everybody struggles. Everybody doesn't struggle. We might face challenges, but I'm not going to struggle because there's no scripture that I see that says thou shalt struggle. I might face challenges, but I'm not going to struggle. I'm not called to struggle. The struggle ended at Calvary. The fight that you and I are enlisted in is a fight of faith. Not a fight for faith, a fight of faith. We get in there and we fight with our faith. And the main way you do that is by declaring, I'll have what God said I could have. That's what I'll have. Glory be to God. Amen. What did God say? What did God say? And, and it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on in people's lives. I keep going back to this, but the Lord keeps bringing it back to me. Back in, in 2008, when uh, the, uh, the world went through that huge recession, the Lord, for weeks prior to that, weeks, probably mo a month or two, had me ministering on no fear in the time of famine, thriving in perilous times, and every service, I'd have the people stand up and say, we are, get, we, are, we are not losing our houses. We're not losing our jobs. We are thriving. We are prospering. We are overcoming in the name of Jesus. Amen. We get raises and bonuses and houses and lands. And everybody would be saying that. Amen. All through that whole season, nobody lost their job. People got houses that they shouldn't have been able to get. They got raises and bonuses. And people will say, well, why was that? Because they said, I'll just have what God said I could have. I'll have what God promised. Amen. Back in, in March, 
in March, this church and the, and the Kansas campus, we released our faith that people would keep their jobs, that nobody would lose their jobs, that the economy would not, our economy would not be affected. Amen. We released our faith. We released our faith about this whole virus thing. We released our faith. And we've had people in our congregations that had to overcome it, but you overcame it. The Word worked. And here you are, healthy, whole, and well. Amen. Because we're just having what He said. What did God say you could have? Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Am I helping you? Second Corinthians 4. You know, faith is not something you can afford to be against. Amen. I was talking to a minister the other day, and they were telling me about, actually I was talking to my, my mother the other day, and uh, uh, they were telling me a story, she was telling me a story about a, a young man that just has a real big problem with the word of faith. And what crop jumped up in my spirit? Faith isn't something you can be, afford to be against. You just can't. Amen. Because that's how we live. We're told four times in the Bible to just live by faith. We're told to walk by faith, see by faith, talk by faith, fight in faith. And stand in faith. So that means you can't stand, you can't see, you can't walk, you can't talk, you can't act as a believer unless you're doing it in faith. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary or subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. You don't get the message of faith just hearing it one time. It's a lifetime study. Faith keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. That's why you always, when you're, when you're hearing the word, you always want to hear it with ears like you've never heard it before. Because if you check out mentally, you're not hearing. And if you're not hearing, you're not getting faith. And I need faith to come to me every day. Amen? We look, notice what it says, we look at the things which are not seen yet. We look at the things that are not seen yet. Because the things that we see are all subject to change. Now notice this though. But the things that are not seen are eternal. Everything you see in the natural is subject to change. Everything in the faith realm is eternal. Can, cannot pass away. That's important. Why? Because the enemy works in the sense realm. He works in what you can see. The enemy can prove to you that you don't have enough money. Just got to show you your checkbook. The enemy can prove to you that you're sick. He'll just tell you to look at the symptoms. But all of that's subject to change. All of that is temporary. If you're dealing with a financial issue in here tonight and you're believing God, I can tell, and you're really believing God, I can tell you on the authority of God's Word, that's about to change. Why? Because you're in faith. And faith does not leave unchanged what God said faith would change. It doesn't leave it unchanged. Faith does not leave unchanged what God said faith would change. It, it, It just doesn't. And so if you're in faith about an area of your body, it's going to happen. Why do I know it's going to happen? Because faith is the truthfulness of God in action. When God said something and He empowered you through the Word of God to believe it and you begin to speak words of faith, God's truthfulness will begin to manifest in your life. Faith is based on the truthfulness of God. God cannot lie, therefore faith that comes from God and God's Word cannot fail. It can't. It can't fail. Hallelujah. So everything we see, it's all subject to change. 
But the things that are not seen are eternal. They never change. Hallelujah. Do you see this? John chapter 8. Hallelujah. You know, people sometimes, they'll, they'll, I've, I've had them look at me and say, you're one of them faith guys. Guilty. Absolutely guilty. I, I will plead guilty. Why? Because it changed my life. Changed my life. Amen. You know, there are a lot of people in religious circles, they'll say things like, you know, well, believe God. Or, uh, I'm believing Faith and believing are, in reality, one and the same. But when someone makes a statement like that, well, I'm believing. Well, I can tell by the whine in your voice, you're not. Because faith isn't whining. I'm believing. I one of these days, it's going to get better. That's not faith. Faith doesn't say one of these days it's going to get better. Faith speaks of things to come as though they are. Amen. Am I helping you? Brother Hagin prayed for a woman one time that was, that was very severely uh, um, crippled. I know that's not a very politically correct word, but that's what it was. And somebody asked Brother Hagin, they said, well, did she receive? He said, no, she didn't receive. And they said, well, why not? He said, the wine never left her voice. <laughs> well, I sure hope the Lord will. I hope the Lord sees fit. That's not faith. He already saw fit. It's already there. Remember, the suits were paid for. Think about that. Think, think for a moment. How big are you believing? Everything you're believing for is already there. There is an access point to it. And it's that point of faith. People will say, I don't understand seed time and harvest. I do. And, I, and I'll explain it to you. It's because when you sow that seed, you are reaching that access point, that transaction point of faith. And you're putting a seed in the ground and you're, you're reaching that point where now you're making the exchange and it's not just money that you're putting in for money, it's faith that you're putting in to access what's there and what belongs to you. When you put offerings in, in the offering tonight and your check or your cash or however you did it, you, God's not going to bless you back with money just because you sowed money. You sowed faith. And you sowed faith for the finances. And faith for the finances will reap a harvest of the finances. Glory to God. It's just wrapped in a seed. Amen. When you take a step of faith where your health is concerned. It's not the step that did it. It was the faith that was wrapped in that step. Amen. And people say, well, you just got to take a step of faith. Well, I understand what they mean, but we leave the idea that, 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 you know, that's what produced it. That the step didn't produce it. Faith produced it. And the faith, the step, just showed you believe what God said. Hallelujah. Amen. I remember Pastor Caldwell telling this story years ago. And uh, he said that he and Miss Jeannie were traveling and they were leaving town, and they had $100 in the bank. And the devil was just hammering him. What are you going to do? You only got $100 in the bank. What are you going to do? You only got $100 in the bank. And he said, I, we got out to their little van, and he said, wait a minute. Told his wife, wait a minute, Miss Jeannie. He went back in. He said, I sat down, wrote out a check for $100 to a person, put it in the mail. I said, now what, devil? I don't have anything now. What are you going to use now? You understand? It, 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 and, and, and they reaped a harvest. But it wasn't just writing out the check. It was wrapping his faith in that seed. The devil doesn't understand faith because he's a flesh devil. And if he can't get you to move in the natural, there's nothing he can do. 
Brother Hagin said in his message, The Arena of Faith, he said, if you keep the devil in the arena of faith, you'll whip him every time. Now that seems elementary to us because we're faith people. But what's your job? Keep yourself in the arena of faith. You don't go over to the enemy's place to fight. You make him come to you. And you keep him in the arena of faith. Right? Remember, the, the, it's, it's the movie, the, 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 the martial arts uh, uh, sensei took the young boy that was being beat up by all these guys at this martial arts dojo, and he took him to the dojo, and he's trying to get him to stop, and, 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 and the, the, the guy there is the bad guy, and he goes, well, we can arrange a match right here, and the little man goes, no, no, too much advantage. He said, what do you mean? He said, your dojo. Too much advantage. When you are in the arena of faith, you have too much advantage for the devil. Nothing he can do. There's, there's the, the, because the Bible says the shield of will quench. How many? How many? How many? So not one will get by. You know what all means in the Greek? All. <laughs> this is important. Did you find John 8, 56? I was giving you a moment to get there. Notice, Jesus said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Notice, and he saw it and was glad. We talked about this some in types and shadows. When did he see his day? On Mount Moriah when he saw the type and the shadow of Jesus in the ram caught in the thicket. And the Bible says that he rejoiced when he saw his day. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Amen. But faith rejoices. Faith gives thanks. Faith is glad. Why? Why would you rejoice? Why would you give thanks? Why would you be glad? Because what you have faith for is already there. Amen. Now, in the natural, that would look funny. If I just walked up to my wife and said, thank you. For what? But that's how you operate in faith. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I rejoice. Lord, I'm glad. Why? I already have it. Don't wait until the symptoms are in your body to try to rejoice, give thanks, and be glad. Start right now because that's the action of faith. And you want to be drawing on that all year long. You want to be drawing on that all week long, all month long, all day long. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Thank you, Father, my body is whole. Thank you, I'm strong. Thank you, I'm pain-free. But I don't have any pain yet, and you're going to stay that way because faith is going to keep bringing it to you. Thank you, Lord, I'm in my right mind. Thank you, my eyes are good. Thank you, my ears are good. Thank you, my body's strong. Thank you, every organ in my body functions to the perfection that you created it to function. What are you doing? You're reaching into that faith realm every day and bringing into the realm of existence everything you need to be perfectly whole and well in Jesus name Whew. notice in Job chapter 19 well why are we going to Job well you want to learn about faith right huh. Job is a story of faith Notice what he said, Job 19, verse 25. Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day on the earth. And after my skin, worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I will see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. So Job saw afar off the Lord Jesus. I know my Redeemer lives. 
Remember when he, when he was talking before? He said, here's the problem. Job had progressive revelation going on because he said, here's the problem. He said, there's no daysman. There's no umpire to stand between me and him. There's not a go-between. But then now a few verses, a few chapters later, he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm seeing something. I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. Why? His faith in God and His faith in God's Word is progressing. I'm telling you tonight, your Redeemer lives. Your daysman lives. Your umpire lives. He's standing there ready to bring you everything God promised you. Hallelujah. After they saw the promises, they were persuaded and embraced them. That's mine. Mark eleven twenty three. Right? Jesus said in Mark 20, 11, 22, have faith in God. Have the faith of God every day. And then he said, for truly I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, the word desire means take. Whatever you take. Whatever you embrace. Right? After they saw the promises, they were persuaded. Now remember, uh, I don't have time to, to, to talk about this in length. Hebrews chapter 3, it talks about uh, an evil heart of unbelief. It talks about how they harden their heart. But then it makes this statement. Uh, it says, well... Let me just read it because this is, this is important because we're talking about being persuaded. Somebody said, well, I was almost persuaded. That's a country song, not a scripture. <laughs> if, if you're in faith, you're not almost persuaded. Amen. Amen. I learned that lesson early on as a young man. I was out with uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, foreman of the ranch I worked on, Norman Potter, and, and one of the other hands, and we were counting cattle. We were counting cattle on wheat circles. And, uh, and we were counting, and, uh, and uh, he counted so many, and I counted, I was like one or two off. And I said, well, I was close. And he said, yeah, but the problem with that is when you're dealing with cattle and you're dealing with weight, cattle and weight, he said, if you're just a couple off, you can cost a few thousand dollars, right? He said, almost isn't good enough. You count until everybody gets the same number. There's no almost in faith. Almost got it. No, you either get it or you don't. It's not almost. Notice verse 18. It says, And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. The Woos Bible says, To them that were non-persuasible. Think about this for a moment. This is so important. God was trying for 40 years to persuade them to embrace His promise and enter the promised land. And He said they would not be persuaded. Why is that important? Your job is to be easily persuaded by the Word. If it's in the Word, that's mine. That's it, I, got, I, I believe it. Yeah, but no, there's no but. It, that, that is faith in a nutshell. Oh, it's in the Word? Okay. That's mine. Amen. When Pastor Michelle and I, we got, we got uh, married and we got a hold of the Word of God. We was both born again when we got a hold of the Word. Pastor Michelle was born again under my mom's ministry. And, uh, I mean, we loved the Lord so much, we, we just wanted to go burn a barn for Jesus. I mean, we just loved God. <laughs> yeah, that's just... Right. We would tell her, we, we'd witness to a post, a dog, a cat, whoever. We just loved the Lord. He'd put my life back together and delivered her. You know, she'd done a few bad things in her life. And, but the, the point is, the point is, is 
we started getting a hold of the Word. And I got a hold of a tape series by Brother Copeland called Establishing Your Heart on the Word of God. Brother Copeland and Charles Capps were our introduction to the Word of Faith. And, uh, but I got a hold of that series. A lady gave me that series. I've had two instances like that where somebody gave me some tapes from Brother Copeland and neither one of the ladies liked Brother Copeland. So they gave me the tapes. Thank you. Another lady came, anyway, she gave me that series and establishing your heart on the Word. All through that series, he would make the statement, when you see it in the Word, that settles it. You see it, that's it. There's no further discussion because that is a decision of quality. A decision of quality is one about which there's no return from and about which there's no more question. If you see it in the Word of God, there's no question about it or it's doubt. If you question it, it's doubt. Faith doesn't question what God said. Well, Mary questioned. No, Mary did not question. She just didn't know how it could happen. I receive it. I just, I know how things work. Physiologically, there has to be a man involved here. If I'm going to get pregnant, there needs to be a man involved. And he said, oh, but here's how it's going to happen. The Holy Ghost will come on you. The life giver will come on you. But what was she, what happened? She was easily persuaded, be it unto me. Right? Hallelujah. Embraced. It says they embraced the promises. I like this. It means they prepared to live accordingly. I need you to prepare to live healed. Prepare to live blessed. Prepare to live in victory. Because the enemy wants to convince you that the way it is, is how it's always going to be. No, embrace the promise. Nope, I've got it. This is, I'm preparing accordingly. Amen. We claim as our own God's promise and expect its fulfillment. Say it out loud. I claim God's promise and I expect its fulfillment. Now, now look at the word you just used. I'm expecting. Now, women are a lot smarter about that than us men. Because a, a woman will see a, a, a young lady that's, that's a month pregnant, and you'll be on your way home, and Pastor Michelle will go, you know, I think so-and-so is pregnant. Really? I was talking to her. I didn't see no difference. She knows they're expecting. Now think about that for a moment. Think about this. When a woman is with a child and she comes in the room and she's expecting and it's evident and she says, I'm expecting, do you believe her? She's expecting. This baby's coming. Just sure as your name is what it is, there's going to be, there's going to be the birth of that child. They are expecting. Are you expecting? I say, are you expecting? God's promises are our own and we expect its fulfillment. God's, God cannot lie so we can live on what He says. I can live on what God said because He can't lie. He said that the devourer would not devour the fruit of my ground. He said, when I tithe, the devourer would be rebuked for my sake. I can live on that promise. And everything in the world can fall apart. That's why the Bible says, in the time of famine, the righteous will laugh. Why? Because we can live on the promise. You know, there's an old saying, you can't live on love, but you can live on faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, God's promises can come to you. And you can leave them wherever you want to leave them. But hear me, 
If you do, you'll never be a partaker of them. You'll never possess them. You don't pick up the word and put it down. And pick it up and put it down. The Bible says that you meditate in it night and day. It becomes a part of you. You don't leave the promises of God. Say it out loud, I'm leaving nothing on the table. Say, I'm not leaving any promise behind. Hallelujah. They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims after they'd gotten a revelation of what? That they were of another country. That's what it says. It says they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims and not of this world. Our citizenship is not of this world system. Our citizenship is of heaven. Notice Hebrews 10. I'm almost done. Oh, Lord Jesus. I would rather preach on faith than eat when I'm hungry. You know, I, I, I say this, and, and, and I remember talking to, to, to Ed Dufresne about faith just changing my life. And he, and he looked at me, and he got just as excited as me, and he goes, I know it changed mine too. And he'd been, I don't know, he'd been ministering then 30 years probably. And, and, and he was still excited about the Word. I was watching Andrew Womack last night give an interview. And he said, the thing about the Word to me is he says, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 50 years into this, born again at 8, filled with the Holy Ghost at 18. And he said, the Word of God still makes me giddy like a little kid. The Word should make you feel that way. The Bible says, David said, I, when I found your word, I rejoice like I had found a great treasure. Amen. Hebrews 10 and 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? He is faithful that promised. That parenthetical statement tells you why you hold fast the profession or the confession of your faith without wavering because He's faithful. We have to have faith in the faithfulness of God. God's not going to let you down. Amen. I, rem- I can remember my grandmother standing on the front row. She would come visit us and, and my parents, of course, always pastored and, and she would stand on the front row. And you know, they didn't have all, all the revelation of the word of faith and the power of your words that we have. But you know, uh, my grand my grandfather was a was a uh, an old school uh, Church of God minister and 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 taught in a one room schoolhouse. But here's the, the legacy that he left. Everyone in that holler, and I don't know if y'all know what a holler is, but anyway, everyone in that holler, he got everybody in that holler saved. Didn't didn't know a whole lot about healing, but he went and prayed for a woman that was bedfast, couldn't get out of bed. And they just just got to praying and got over in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, and the glory of God fell. And that woman started talking in tongues and got up off her deathbed. (laughs) But here's my point that I'm saying. My grandmother, she would stand on the front row, and they'd ask her, say, Miss Palmer, do you have a, a testimony? And she'd stand up, and you knew when it was about to start. Because she'd say, Woo! The Lord is faithful. God is faithful. I, I can, and she'd always stand with her hands behind her back. The God is faithful. Amen. And then she'd start singing, I'm going to hold on. Amen. But my point is, she, she rested her heart and her life on the faithfulness of God. Amen. We have to have faith in God's faithfulness. Now you're right there in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. I got two more verses. I'm not going to get real preachy and we'll get you out of here. Verse 39 and 40. All these having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. They received some of the promises. But they didn't receive all the promises in full. The reason for this is that's our privilege. 
We are a privileged generation. Somebody had to live in these days. I mean, think about it. You know, you know from eternity past, God knew in 2020 that a pandemic was going to hit the earth. And He still chose to have you here at this time. Why? Because He needed faith in the earth. The people in your family needed you to be there this year because they needed faith in their family. We're a privileged generation. Somebody had to live in these days. You and I don't live in the age of promise. We live in the age of fulfillment. We live in the new covenant age. We're walking in the fulfillment of the promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the last verse. Notice verse 17. By faith. And, and I like that preposition by. Because it denotes the avenue, the channel. The conduit is what the Greek says. The conduit. By faith. It was by faith. Now, this is important. Abraham did not rate with God higher than you. Everything he did by faith, I can do by faith. Faith is no respecter of persons. A bunch of pastors were asking Brother Hagin one time, they were talking about the buildings he had built at Ramah and all these different things. And they, they were asking him things. And he looked at him and he said, Boys, he said, everything you need costs what it's always cost. It just costs faith. Whether it's $1,000 or a million dollars, it only costs faith. Now, why is that important? I can build my faith to receive anything I need. I just got to build my faith. And for someone to say, well, you know, I, I could just, I could never have that kind of faith. Okay, you said it, you can't. I can. As a matter of fact, I can have bigger faith than Abraham. Because I'm living in the age of fulfillment. Hallelujah. Verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, And Isaac shall your seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So notice, Abraham saw the end result of his son. What was the end result? Living. Saw him living. Even when he was about to put the knife in him, he saw him living. Even if he had to go through death, he saw him raised up. You might be going through something right now, but see yourself on the other side. See yourself with the victory. That's how faith operates. Amen. When you look in the mirror and you are calling those things that be not as though they were, and you might see your body not responding right in the natural, but you're saying, body, you're under the blessing. The blessing governs you. And the blessing said that God will take sickness from my midst. And even if there are diseases not listed, it'll be taken from me. I see myself well. I see myself whole. I see myself that way. That's the end result. That's what I'm seeing. I got to see beyond where I'm at. Hallelujah. So he saw, Abraham saw, he embraced, and he received the promise. Amen. He saw it, he embraced it. He, he saw that, that's, that's why if you're, if you're dealing with things, don't keep giving that thing the credit for whatever. Well, I can't, I can't do what I used to do because, you know, just not my, my leg, my, my neck, my back, my arm, my whatever. You're giving... The curse, you're giving, you're giving something that deserves no respect. You're respecting the wrong thing. It might be there, but it doesn't get the credit. I'm not, I'm, it, it, are you following me? You, you understand what I'm, I'm not talking about denial. 
I'm saying when you get up and there's a catch in your back or a catch in your knee, you got to train yourself to talk to it. Don't talk about it. Talk to it. I see myself well. I see myself healed. My back is strong in Jesus' name. He said that I would go to my grave in a good old age and the number of my days I would fulfill. Amen. I'll share this with you and we'll go. Can you give me five minutes? Some, some years ago, 2009, I guess, man, I went, uh, I went through a physical attack. It was, it, it was one of those things that I wouldn't take a million dollars to go through it again. Just would not. But on the other side of it, I probably wouldn't take a million dollars for it. But here's the thing. I realized something. Okay, now wait a minute. I'm in a fight here. I would get up every morning. My wife's here. I would get up every morning. And I'd put on this healing CD. Healing healing song. And I would put this one song on replay. And it was this. I see me as healed. And I would lay in my living room floor with my eyes closed. I wasn't praying in tongues. I wasn't praying. I wasn't quoting scripture. I was taking time to see me healed. Oh, that's mind over matter. That's mental imaging. No, that's meditating in the word night and day. You know, all those mental imaging people and stuff, they they got it from us. Don't be afraid to use what they stole from us. Amen. And that song said, there's a picture in my spirit. Of a strong and healthy man. And as I meditate upon his word. That's exactly what I am. And I would just lay there. And let that wash over me. And you know in those moments. I, man I would feel strong. I would feel well. I would feel whole. And I'd get up. And seem like I'd go take a shower. And get ready for the day. And all those symptoms would come back. Never once, hear me, never once did I say, well, I don't know what happened. I was feeling better. I don't know what happened. No, I had already seen me as healed. Too late. I've already seen me healed. You are too late. Amen. Say this out loud. Say, I have already seen myself with what God said. So devil, you're too late. I've already seen it. Hallelujah. Now, uh, two more statements, I'll be done. True faith believes begins with counting on what God has promised, then it leads you into actual possession and experience. True faith begins with counting on what God has promised, then it leads you into actual possession and experience. But it starts with counting on what God had promised. Then you move into actual possession and experience. If you have met that first requirement that you count on what God has promised, it's just a matter of time before you possess it and experience it. And I'm going to say this very strong and very unequivocally, without fail. Without fail. You count on God's promise, you will possess it and you will experience it. We will never have possessed or experience anything until we begin by seeing God's promise and embrace it. And embrace it. Hallelujah. Those are the three steps of faith. And they never change. They never change. We were, uh, we were coming... Back from uh, Kansas, my mom and I, mother and I, and uh, we were uh, pulling into our neighborhood, our home, and, uh, and mom started talking to me, and she said, she said, this is such a blessing, and she said, because nobody that would come to your house would realize or know where you guys were. When you started. And nobody can get the credit of the glory but God. Amen. 
Because it's the Word that did it. But it'll always work. Amen? Let's stand up, shall we? I hope you received tonight. I did. Hallelujah. Ha <laughs> ha. They asked a man one time that really helped people with his speaking and his ministry. And they said, why do you seem to help so many people? And he said, because I help myself so much when I'm preaching. <laughs> Amen. Glory be to God. God's good to us. Amen.